Welcome to Let's Talk, Ed and Zahi. We are talking about uh, how, as colleges and universities, we are helping students that come in from different backgrounds. And uh, so there was just a, a story that was in USA Today and in the Heckinger Report that talked about um, this uh, at a little bit more granular level than I think we're going to actually get into. But the idea was, you know, here was a student that went to a very large university. And when he got there, he realized that, that his preparation in high school was not the same as his peers. And the reality is that's something that we see all the time. Uh, you know, we come from community college backgrounds primarily, and that is something that, that we've seen all the time too, Zahi. Yes, we do. We see it every single day. And actually, we pride ourselves on the fact that we see it more often than other types of higher education institutions. Um, but it's also, while it's a point of pride for us, it's a it's a point of challenge for us in order to meet those varying. Uh, so, um, and over the last few months, we've talked about a variety of, of things from working on our schedules to working on our modalities of instruction to providing in-time and on-demand support for our students, having uh, food services, having counseling to our students. And I think... I think it's time to try to wrap them into this particular, um, an answer to this particular challenge. Uh, but at the same time, knowing that um, this is a point in time when our challenges are multiple. Because in administration, for example, we see a very routine movement of administrators, me included, for any number of reasons. So the, so how many of us are learning new tricks or establishing new things as opposed to how many of us are trying to climb ladders by moving or life is coming in the way and we have to shift, like in my case. Um, so the, uh, the diligence and the historical perspective that many of those um, problems deserve in terms of a solution might be hampered also by some of the disparities in the class of individuals that will help enact that change. Well, and, and something I think about too, just you know, being in the classroom itself and being an instructor, which which I'm not, uh, you know, on a full time basis is, you know, you, you get into a classroom and you're teaching an intro level class. I don't particularly care what subject, but you may quickly see that your students are coming from a, a variety of backgrounds of preparedness and. What are you doing then as an instructor to to help make sure that you're not leaving anybody behind because you can't go in and say this is college and, you know, I'm going to teach at this level. And if you're not there, tough luck. Um, you know, you can't really get away with that. 
but at the same time, um, you know, that that very stereotypical K-12, we're going to teach to the lowest common denominator. And if you're a high achiever and you're bored in class, well, you know, that's too bad. So you can't really do that either. Uh, so how are you tailoring what you do to help make sure you're you're minimizing students from a variety of different backgrounds and just being left behind? And that's and that's the crux of the matter. So, uh, you know, again, we talk we talked in the past and we talked about hiring subject matter experts, irrespective of the topic, except for education and early childhood education. Um, and then turning them loose into the classroom and not providing them with the support that they deserve and therefore their students deserve. So we have activities such as active learning, creating of cohorts in the classroom, even using augmented and visual, uh, virtual realities that are helpful that we don't have happening in our classrooms and and uh, and and we're faced with the challenge of wanting the individuals to be free in terms of their academic endeavor both the faculty and the student but in reality uh, you know we go back to to the question of how can we bring those disparate approaches into one um, uh, one or two or three umbrellas where we're uh, providing the support that our students need. Again, when we talk about active learning, it doesn't mean that uh, the students are teaching themselves, but at the same time, it means that students are teaching one another under our supervision and our curriculum is and our instruction is built in a way to harness that. And what we're doing is we are not just monitoring, but we're facilitating that instruction. So then, it's a, it's, a, it's a movement from the sage on the stage approach to the guide on the side that we keep on talking about, which allows the creation of a cohort, which allows the personalization of the instruction and provides one-on-one -on -one opportunities. And we see it often in, in onesies and twosies. You know, at, at our uh, place of work, there was one particular faculty who redesigned her classroom who, who were uh, to create those cohorts who would, you know, she wouldn't stand to talk to the students. She would always squat and talk to them as, as peers. And invariably that person has always been time and again, chosen as the stellar instructor. Well, and, and you know, the other thing you talk about that one-on-one -on -one, and, and that's, that's a promise that so many colleges make. And, you know, one of the things that, that I've heard, you know, plenty of faculty members, you know, they do reach out to students on a one-on-one -on -one basis on a regular, regular occurrence. Um, now, it's not every, every instructor that does that, but, you know, what a great opportunity as a, an instructor if you reach out personally to students just to, you know, hey, how's it going? You know, anything that you're having trouble with? You know, it's a very casual conversation as opposed to, wow, you know, you really bombed that last quiz. Um, how can I get you tutoring? Like, that's probably not going to be successful. But, you know, if you are reaching out, um, 
ultimately it's up to the students to engage in that point. But it's something that I've heard time and time again from students that, that speak positively of that. And they come from a wide variety of backgrounds as far as what their academics look like. Uh, you know, it's not just the high achieving students that are like, oh, yeah, I think it's great that my instructors are checking in. It's also students that are struggling because this gave me a chance to say, hey, I'm, I'm not getting it. And that's one of those best practices that doesn't really cost any money per se, but you also have to have faculty that, that want to do that and, and know to do that. Right. Um, so uh, as you're speaking, you triggered in, in my mind a couple of different uh, scenarios. So for the student who's going to succeed irrespective of anything and everything, that doesn't necessarily, that only makes them happier. But in reality, when we advertise, especially in two-year colleges, our strongest message is look at the ratio of student to faculty that we have. You know, a smaller classroom compared with the big behemoth universities where you're one of so many, or the MOOCs when you're one of tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands. So while this is our selling point, my question is, if you're one of 17, let's say, and you don't have the one-on-one, -on -one, how different uh, is it from being one of 2,000? It's not that different, right? So how can we uh, create and emphasize those opportunities uh, to, to create a, a siblinghood among the students, a.k.a. a cohort, a.k.a. a learning community? Because they might be able to open up more to that peer than they do to us. So then there is a support network that we are, uh, you know, providing TLC to and helping the uh, helping grow and, and strengthen. At the same time, we're having those touch points with the students um, that where, where they're able to open up to us as well, because they have a level of comfort with us. Absolutely. And uh, in our next episode, we're going to talk a little bit more about, you know, how we find ways to drive student success when we're talking about students coming from differing backgrounds. So if you enjoy topics like this, be sure and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Ring that bell down below so you get notified when we post new content. And of course, you can find Let's Talk Ed on all of your favorite podcasting platforms as well. So for Dr. Zahi Atala, I'm Chris Ford. We'll see you next time right here on Let's Talk Ed.